think that will probably translate to, to comfort within the healthcare system as well, just kind of reflecting that the doctors that you're visiting are not some um, scary entity, that they're, they're your friends from Can You. You're listening to episode three of Can You Imagine? Today, we'll be exploring the exciting world of Can You Reach? A one-of-a-kind learning experience that sees Manitoba Kids partner with Manitoba's future healthcare professionals, inspiring a new generation of healthcare heroes. Welcome back to Can You Imagine? A podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of hope, confidence, and action in Winnipeg youth. I'm Daniel Reimer, and as always, I'm joined by the founder and executive director of Can You Canada, Roger Barrington. How are you doing, Roger? Oh, Daniel, I love these evenings uh, with you, so I'm doing great. Thanks. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking uh, for the first time on a specific Can You learning experience called Can You Reach? Um, I've heard so many amazing things from so many kids, and they're so excited to learn more about health sciences, medicine, nursing, pharmacy, all of these different things. It sounds like such an incredible experience. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, so the, the Can You, what we call the REACH program, began in 2014, and we have the founding coordinator with us tonight, Dr. Lauren Martins, and so she's going to tell us a little bit about what it was like back then, but what it is, is uh, for those not familiar with Winnipeg, uh, the University of Manitoba has two campuses, one in South Winnipeg and one downtown. The downtown campus is a health sciences campus. And uh, on that campus, there are uh, faculties and colleges that are learning the various health sciences. So in 2014, when Lauren was a first year uh, medical student, uh, and I was involved with uh, medical students at the time in another capacity, I was invited to kind of speak into their dream to do some community outreach in the neighborhood. And so through that and, and through the kind of the opportunity we had given by to us by CanU students who were graduating from grade six and wanted to continue in CanU in grade seven. And they were asking us, what can we do in grade seven? What can we do in grade seven? And so we thought, well, we have to provide them with something. So what can we do? And we thought of combining uh, Shilpa and Lauren's idea to bring kids onto another university campus, the downtown one, and to learn a little bit more about medicine. And Lauren designed that program from scratch, and we had a little pilot program with 45 kids, and it's been one of the most popular and most uh, impactful uh, learning experiences of any Can You one. And you're right, Can You kids love uh, going to that campus and learning from those students. So we've gone from 45 kids in that first year, and we were just running the numbers before we got here. Um, now we have over 1,000 kids that have attended Can You Reach at some point. That's incredible. That's 1,000 kids that have learned how to do suturing or 1,000 kids that may have learned how to do... Uh, you know, various other experiences. Fill a cavity, uh, you know, and uh, there's so many, you know, make a prescription uh, from scratch of uh, calamine lotion. And it, it is truly remarkable. Just to help our listeners uh, picture this, these kids uh, are learning in the same laboratories as the, as the university students. The University of Manitoba is so generous to provide Can You with access to these cutting-edge educational facilities for our children, our youth, and the youth of Winnipeg. So 
we're very grateful for that partnership. We couldn't do it without them. And of course, but the backbone of it is these is the university students, the medical students and the pharmacy students and the dentistry and dental hygiene students and all the different colleges that are represented who design these learning experiences and then lead them for the children involved. So speaking of the quality of volunteers that can you seen go through its doors, um, we have a couple of those volunteers uh, joining us tonight. Um, my understanding is uh, Dr. Brooke Cochran will be joining us, as yep. well as Dr. Lauren Martins, uh, as you described earlier. Um, tell me a little bit about them. Oh, boy, these are two of my favorite Can You uh, leaders. And, um, you know, Lauren was a, a first-year medical student when I met her, and I was involved with the university in another capacity. And, and Lauren, I uh, got to know her that you're just such a kind and gentle soul, a perfect person to uh, enter into the chaos of having 45 uh, junior high students come onto the campus and something that we've never done before. And uh, so she was unflappable. And uh, she, she deserves so much credit for taking the idea that Shilpa had and creating a program out of it and, and launching Can You into and forging that partnership with the, with the university as well and launching us into, as you said, uh, over a thousand uh, kids over the years have, have participated in that. So many of them too, I might add, will become uh, doctors and pharmacists down the road. I'm totally confident in that. So Lauren, uh, you know, was involved for those first couple of years and then she went into her clerkship and now she's a family physician and she is uh, serving our province in Northern Medicine. So it's really great to have her here. And we have Dr. Brooke Cochran, who just graduated from medicine uh, this last spring, and she's also a family physician resident. And she is uh, she has a great Can You story. She is one of our longest-serving volunteers. She volunteered for seven or eight years with Can You, first as an undergraduate mentor and bus supervisor. And then later on, of course, when she got into medicine, she became uh, a facilitator there and then a coordinator running, you know, helping organize all of our Can You Reach programs. It's incredible to hear those stories of starting out as a mentor and then ending up as a coordinator. What was it, seven years later? Six, yeah, probably six years later. Six or seven years later. That's an incredible story, an incredible trajectory. I know I've been with Can You for maybe going on five years, and I there's about half dozen hats that I've worn in that time, yeah. half dozen perspectives. And it's so amazing to hear these stories, um, these diverse perspectives uh, from every different corner of, of Can You. And uh, it's exciting to hear. I'm, I'm excited to hear what she has to, to share about her time with Can You. Me too. I, I can't wait. So we should get on with it and have these two guests come and tell us some stories. Sounds great. After the break, we'll be chatting with Dr. Brooke Cochran and Dr. Lauren Martins. Stay tuned. Very interesting to see kids who graduate from the Fort Gary campus and get to come to Reach 1 and Reach 2 at the Bamatan campus and get to experience the medicine programming, pharmacy, respiratory therapy, physiotherapy. And I think it's been a really great opportunity as these people kind of go through Canu and experience and get to keep on learning. It really shows kind of something farther past post-secondary that is achievable for these kids. Programming that we get to provide for these kids at this campus is really awesome. So you can see it in the kids' faces every time they come to this campus that they just are excited to experience um, 
for example, in pharmacy, they make things like, like lip balm and different like, lotions and things like that and learn so much from this program. And I think it's just a, another great opportunity for these kids to continue to learn and continue to experience the different opportunities post-secondary education has to offer. Welcome back. We're joined by Dr. Lauren Martins. Thank you for joining us, Lauren. How are you doing? Doing well. It's good to be here. Thanks. It's, it's so exciting to uh, have you on the show tonight and to uh, we're going to go back in time and visit, uh, revisit some of those early stories of can you and your work uh, with kids as a, as a early medical student. So this is going to be an exciting evening. So, uh, Lauren, you know, going back to those early years of your med school experience, tell us a little bit about, first of all, where do you come from and what made you choose medicine? If you could just give us a quick snapshot of why you wanted to be a doctor. Uh, well, I grew up in a small southern Manitoba hamlet, I guess. It's called New Berftal. Um, and the year after I graduated, I worked as a healthcare aide in a personal care home. I did direct support for people with disabilities. Um, and so that opened up my eyes to the healthcare world. Um, and, uh, was undecided if I wanted to do nursing or medicine still at that point. And when I did my first year of university, I decided I still like school. I wasn't as burnt out after high school as I thought and, uh, decided to, just pursue medicine and it thankfully all the pieces came together and I was able to actually pursue that dream so it's been really exciting to see where it's all led me. Well congratulations it's quite the journey to first of all even get into med school and then to be successful there and then on top of it though you had such a commitment to volunteering and making a difference in the community can you tell us a little bit about why uh, you, you know, what happened in the, those early days to the idea of Can You and how it arrived on that campus and what, what you thought of that? Hmm. Yes. So I was a part of uh, a student interest group, group called uh, Global Health. And my good friend Shilpa Lowen um, was one of the leaders for this group in our first year medical school. And so part of this um, student group, we were involved in volunteering in um, multiple different things. And Shilpa came up with this idea about trying to reach out to um, youth specifically surrounding the Health Sciences Center in some capacity to introduce them to the health sciences community and the different faculties and colleges on our campus. So um, this was her her dream that kind of came to be and as a group of about 11 students in our first year we kind of with Roger's wisdom and consult consultation um, we put together a pilot project called REACH. We had um, medicine, pharmacy, dental hygiene, dentistry, um, occupational therapy and respiratory therapy all involved. I yeah had a chance to jump around between all of the different colleges and see what activities they were doing and um, I I just really love that I love seeing how the kids were so excited and so engaged in everything that each college was um, developing and um, for them from making sunscreen of pharmacy to 
learning how to clean teeth to, um, yeah, using a wheelchair and using different devices to help with accessibility in occupational therapy and just seeing their excitement and their enjoyment of what we were able to put together them was just overall a really rewarding experience. And then just connecting with the kids after, like for dinner and hearing about their experiences, um, that was always really, really rewarding. And just hearing how they would want to, after their experiences, they're like, yeah, I want to pursue X, Y, Z because of what I just learned. So that was really, that was our goal. And it was cool to see, um, see that happening. Yeah, I have to tell you, on Friday, this Friday afternoon, a bunch of the high school students in Can You have asked us to, uh, they all want to go into medicine, and it's because of their experience and reach uh, in the last few years. And so we're having a special session with a group of high school students on Friday to talk about, uh, and there's not a family history of university education here, so th- this is a really cool opportunity. The kids are so uh, curious about, well, how do I apply for university, and what courses do I take, and how, you know, what's the what's a first-year university look like, and how do I prepare myself so that medicine remains an option for me one day? And in fact, I got an email from one of the high school students today saying, I have a backup plan uh, being a nurse, a pharmacist, and a teacher, but I want to make sure that medicine is still an option for me. And I just thought, wow, this is so great, you know, that uh, kids are inspired uh, with hope and confidence to the idea that they can fulfill uh, whatever potential they have, and it's immense. And you know, I, Lauren, I, this is a great, uh, thank you for reminding me. And for those uh, early participants in Kenya, they couldn't have asked for a, a better group of kind of founding coordinators. And Daniel, just for the record, like this, this is from scratch. Like we had never done this before. And so you can imagine all of the work involved in just the logistics, getting the space, the lab space, uh, coordinating with faculty supervisors so that you know the university is satisfied that nothing's going to get broken or 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 whatever and and Lauren had that responsibility to not only coordinate the medical students and their efforts but also to work with the other coordinators from the other colleges to make sure that all of this went smoothly of course can you supported it in a lot of different ways but really again it's these incredible students who uh, put you know, they end their day at five o'clock and right away they're, you know, they're welcoming uh, students uh, enthusiastically from all across the city to participate in these amazing programs. Well, and that makes me think of, you know, not only the, the student volunteers and the coordinators that are involved, but how important the partnership with the school and the faculty yeah. is. Lauren, um, going back to those early days, I imagine that uh, there were a number of faculty supports that were instrumental in getting this off the ground. Would you mind talking a little bit about in what ways uh, the, the, the faculty really stepped up to make Can You Reach happen? Yeah, um, the faculty was so generous um, with us wanting to start Can You Reach. They jumped on board right away. Um, two people specifically really involved in um, the early days were Karen Cook and Dr. Sharon McDonald. They really um, advocated a lot for us, I think, and uh, put things into place that we could um, use the facilities and get the programming going smoothly. So uh, yeah, we're really thankful to them. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Lauren, because Dr. McDonald was just instrumental 
in uh, in not only in the in the faculty of medicine at the time, now faculty of health science, but uh, you know she was an advocate for community engagement across the entire university. She was a leader among the leaders, and of course, Karen Cook has is still uh, working with CanU now many years later. So we have just a tremendous partnership, and there and as Lauren said. Very generous, kind, good-hearted people that want to make a difference in our city. That's incredible, and it's so important that we have leaders and champions like uh, like yourself, Dr. Martins, that step up and kind of provide those volunteer roles for you know these these doctors who, while they are um, incredibly tired, incredibly exhausted. Um, there's still that desire to give back. There's still that desire yeah. to kind of exercise um, empathy and uh, and kind of apply their knowledge um, from what they've learned from medicine or whatever that respective uh, college is, distill it down and teach it, right, and hone their craft in doing so. Um, so it, it really takes those leaders uh, to step up and, and provide yeah. that. You know, it, it's fascinating how these things happen. You know, somebody has an idea, but the idea is, is so much better when people collaborate and they partner. And so at the end of that year, that first year of service learning, it was the last day I was walking with two uh, medical students and they were telling me a little bit about their experience in CanU that year. And one of the things they mentioned to me was that they got more out of CanU as an interdisciplinary and interprofessional collaboration experience than they were getting out of their coursework in school. And because these guys would get to go to all the different colleges and see what occupational therapy was doing and see the things that pharmacy was doing. And so they were giving me this feedback. And quite frankly, I was amazed. I was, I was, I was stunned that you know, we didn't anticipate that that would be one of the outcomes. So we get back to dinner, we're having dinner and, and I could, or we're getting in line for dinner and I could see a bunch of, and it was all girls. I remember there was eight girls, junior high girls, and they're looking at me across the room and they're whispering to each other. And I know, okay, something's going on here. What happened? Did we break something, you know? And so these girls had a plan. And so they, they ambushed me, uh, at, at, in the dinner line and they're, they're saying, Roger, this was amazing. You know, we, we can't believe how much fun reach was. We want to come back next year. We want to come back. Wait, we got you got to let's come back. And they were just pestering me with this. We want to come back, and so I, I was kind of overwhelmed. But I uh, this little seed of an idea came in based on that conversation with those two med students and now these eight girls. And I thought, well, maybe we can take this concept of collaboration between the colleges and truly do a program learning experience that simulates the healthcare system with a case-based uh, learning experience. I always like the example of asthma because it's pretty clear. So we have a asthma case and, and we have an uh, individual with asthma. And so they go and see the doctor and the, the diagnosis is made. And then they go and see a pharmacist and they fill their prescription and they get their medication. And then if it's a bad case of asthma, they see their respiratory therapist and they get an ongoing treatment plan. And that was the kind of vision for what we called REACH2 was a case-based uh, study. So in any given week, a kid, a junior high kid, would be a doctor, a pharmacist, and a respiratory therapist all in one evening and learn the whole process of the healthcare system. So when I raised that at our windup, I had four medical students 
raised their hand and said, we want to devote our summer to designing these cases. We are all in. That's incredible. Isn't that an incredible story? That's amazing. So, you know, fast forward a couple more years and, uh, and Brooke Cochran gets accepted into medicine and she was such an amazing volunteer on the, in her undergraduate experience. And so I, I have to admit, I, I was shameless in my recruiting of, of Brooke to be a leader in our, uh, in our REACH programs. And so that first year, Brooke came and she helped out. I think she may have even been the medic, medicine coordinator even her first year. And then she became the coordinator of the entire REACH kind of universe in her second year. So it's, it's going to be thrilling to talk to Brooke a little bit about her experience here as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, not only to be, uh, you know, overseeing the medicine part of it, but to have a doctor overseeing the entire reach yeah. experience is an unparalleled experience in and of itself, where you get to um, meet so many of these stakeholders from each one of these different colleges and coordinate all of these things together into, you know, one cohesive case study. Um, that's an unparalleled experience and, and a great interdisciplinary feat that will serve any doctor. Well, I, I'm curious about this. This, this is a great point, Daniel, about Brooke's experience, uh, of leadership development through, uh, can you, like, what did she learn about not only, uh, being a future doctor and a healthcare uh, professional, but what did she learn as a leader? I think we should ask her that you know question. What? That's a great question. Why don't you ask her yourself? Oh, is she here already? Oh, hey, Brooke. There <laughs> she is. Hey, Brooke, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, welcome here. It's so exciting to see you. Um, Brooke's in, uh, in southern Manitoba right now, taking a break from her residency requirements. So, Brooke, Welcome here. We're, we're it's so great to reminisce with you tonight and, and to get a chance to talk to you about your experience in Canyon. But let's start with that question. Like, tell us a little bit about what drew you to Canyon in the first place. And was there any, did you experience any benefit along the way as a young leader? Yeah. So, um, kind of reflecting back on starting Canyon, I remember sitting in a big lecture theater and uh, one of the previous volunteers had come to speak to the class. And I remember being immediately hooked and thinking, okay, I'm going to volunteer for CanU. And so that was probably in the first or second week of university. And then I just kind of hung around forever. Um, CanU has been just such a benefit to me in a number of ways. As you were just talking about, leadership is a huge skill that I was able to really get a hold of um, throughout my time in CanU. learning how to kind of communicate and interact with a bunch of kids from a bunch of different backgrounds um, has just kind of translated really, really nicely into my, into my residency and my, my time in medicine. So I'm uh, forever grateful to thank, uh, to Canu for, for that experience. Uh, th- thank you. And, you know, this is one of the things, Daniel, and you, you know, you had your experience in law school of being a facilitator and then a coordinator for two years. Um, you know, uh, the way we look at this kind of thing is that everybody should benefit from being involved in can, in the CAN universe. And so it's not just for the kids. It's for, uh, you know, the university students as well. And it's for, frankly, the, the schools and the school division. We all are a part of uh, 
addressing some of the kind of systemic challenges that uh, society faces. And we start with the young people and there it, it just goes, and it's so evident in the REACH program of kids igniting their dreams to uh, work hard in school, to become whatever they want to be in the future. And right at the top of the list is is to become a doctor or a surgeon or a neurosurgeon. You know, the, the dreams are, are so lofty and I just I just love it. I think it was also super important for Can You Kids to see um, all the different students, like medical students, pharmacy students, dentistry students, that we are all also learners and that we're just just like them, just kind of going through school and learning all these things. And I think that will probably translate to, to comfort within the healthcare system as well, just kind of reflecting that the doctors that you're visiting are not some um, scary entity, that they're, they're your friends from CanU and um, your mentors from CanU. So I think that that's a huge piece that I think is great about CanU as well. And, and to say it, just the diversity of our volunteer, uh, cultural diversity of our, our volunteer group too, it's, it's truly representative. It's, it's, it's the same as the, as the Can You Kid community. And, and so well said, Brooke, thank you so much for pointing that out. So Brooke, going back to your time with Can You, can you walk us through each of the roles that you had um, throughout your time with Can You? So for... I think six, six or seven years, I was a mentor. So I got to, um, at the Fort Gary campus, I was a mentor. So I kind of helped um, navigate a group of kids through a number of different activities at the Fort Gary campus. And then um, when I went to the Bannatown campus, I continued that role and was able to, to help mentor uh, kids going through um, the different REACH programs. Um, and then I was a bus supervisor for, I think, three years uh, at the Fort Gary campus. And so I would um, hop on the bus after school and go around to three different schools and pick up, I think, about 48 kids on a bus. So when I was accepted into medical school, there was the Can You Reach program at, at uh, the Bantan campus. So I was super excited. Um, and in my first year, I was the Reach One representative, I think it was called. And so I kind of recruited people in my class to come join CanU and then helped helped with the mentorship piece and organizing uh, different activities. And then in my second year, I was the REACH coordinator. So I helped to kind of coordinate all the different colleges. So whether it was dentistry, dental hygiene, pharmacy, respiratory therapy, physiotherapy, occupational therapy, we had a whole bunch of people um, helping out. And um, each coordinator had their own role and would kind of recruit um, volunteers from their prospective college to come out and, and help out with the activities that night and try to get uh, rooms ready and just make sure everyone was kind of on the same page for, for the night to go really smoothly. I, I particularly, Brooke, have a very fond memory of you uh, coming early. I don't know if you skipped class or what you did, but you came uh, to meet those kids before they actually split up into their teams to go across campus for their learning experiences. And you would sit down with this group of girls every single week and they would just uh, be so delighted to see you. 
And then at the end of the day, you would come back for dinner, regardless of whether you had an exam the next day, and you would uh, spend some more time with those girls. Tell us a little bit about uh, that experience. Why did you do that? Like, what, what, why, what drew you to be that committed to those girls and that kind of approach every week? Uh, I think it was probably pretty a pretty reciprocal relationship that I had with those girls. It was nice to kind of. Kenya was also a bit of a a nice little escape from medicine and all of the stresses of going to university. And so, being able to kind of sit down with these these kids and have them kind of share with me their their lives, tell me about their homework, their tests, um, and then have them ask any questions that they had about. Um, kind of university life or medicine in general. Um, they always had lots of questions. And so uh, I was just kind of, it was a nice, nice thing that I, that I really looked forward to actually every, every week to go and chat with those girls and the rest of the kids at Canu just to answer any questions and, and chat. Well, that, that was amazing. It's a vivid memory that I have. And, and I think we have to get you to do a workshop on how all of us could have that kind of approach to uh, uh, life in general, never mind with kids at Canu. So, Brooke, why don't you know? What, do you have a, I'm sure you have a whole bunch of stories uh, from your time in Canu. Can you, one or two of them that really stand out to you tonight? Sure. Just playing off of the piece that you just mentioned, in that Canu was a place that I really admired because it, it like really promoted the importance of representation within all the different colleges and, and within all the different um, people who are involved in Canu. Um, and so like for myself, being an Indigenous woman who, when I was at the Fort Garry campus, um, was, a, was a girl in science. And I had so many different um, groups of kids coming to me and, and seeing that I was someone who could go into science. And I think that just having that representation of somebody um, kind of exploring an area that hasn't really been explored too much was was so powerful in Canu. And so um, I was really thankful to be a part of that piece for Canu. Um, but a specific story that I love is from back when I was in Fort Gary um, and when I was a bus supervisor, uh, I would pick up a, a group of three kids from one school and we'd have about 20 minutes on the bus alone before we'd pick up the rest of the 48 uh, kids. And so um, we would have long, long conversations about sort of every, anything that came up, movies we watched that weekend or homework or tests that they had. Um, but there was this one girl, Michelle, who I remember coming, her coming onto the bus one day, sitting down and just looking like she was thinking a lot. And I was like, oh, Michelle, what's going on? What are you thinking about? And... Uh, she had this quote that I immediately wrote down on my phone because I thought it was so powerful. Uh, but she said, can you taught me to dream big? And so I kind of asked, oh, what do you mean by that? And she kind of expressed um, prior to can you her goals in life and and how much they'd changed since um, since coming to can you and kind of learning about all the different post-secondary opportunities that that were available. And so she she um, had specifically said, um, I wanted to kind of grow up and work in Claire's and um, like 
do ear piercing and Claire's and that was my goal. But since coming to Kenyu, I really want to become a lawyer and I want to be a speaker. And I just thought that was so powerful. So I'm glad I wrote that one down. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hope and confidence right there. There, And you know what, uh, Brooke, I, I, you are such a role model and I'm so glad you brought up your own story and, uh, you know, Can you has, uh, I think, 62 different cultures represented in any given year, up to 62. And we have so many Indigenous kids that, uh, you know, would be, uh, that benefit so greatly from, and as you mentioned, a female, a woman in science, and now uh, uh, a woman physician. And what a great example for those kids that any of us can accomplish anything that we put our mind to. And so thank you for for sharing that and for living it out uh, and living it out in front of the Can You Kids all these years. Yeah, and thank you both, Dr. Lauren Martins and Dr. Brooke Cochran, for being such incredible role models throughout your time with Can You, but even going into the future. It's been such a wonderful time chatting with you both tonight, and I thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to share a couple of your stories with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to episode three of Can You Imagine? Can You Imagine wouldn't be possible without the production and editing assistance from Taryn and Rita Kumar. Don't forget to subscribe or follow Can You Imagine wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.